again and Alex there's no need to pretend that we're individuals we're collective energies can't you see it moves from the seas to the trees through the breeze breathe in breathe out it frees us you've been listening to Renegade Solutions 88.3 FM WCBN coming up Council for Peace and Justice. Mike Perini will talk to you all about Pandora's Lunchbox. Ooh, Pandora's for singer songwriter Joe Riley. <laughs> it and just don't stop. In <laughs> <laughs> his crazy little falsetto voice, mm-hmm. that he shifts into okay, Don't forget our wolf at seven too. <laughs> our wolf, our wolf. We'll see you next week. Your wolf, your Say it, wolf. <laughs> The Takeway Asset. My wolf, my wolf. <laughs> it's box, a box of chocolates, would I know to stay away? What's that? Hand off his box, a box of chocolates Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe That means I have half a mind to stay It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Good evening. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food, and this is Mike, pretty much. It's 6.30. Every Thursday at 6.30 we do this. We talk about food, and I have a sweet tooth. That's the thing. I have a sweet tooth. I don't know if I've ever talked to you about deep-fried Mars bars, brownies, all that sort of thing, but I do have a sweet tooth, and okay, there's there's an artificial, not an artificial sweetener, There's a that's totally wrong. There's a natural sweetener called Stevia. It's gotten my attention. I want to tell you about it a little bit, and we're going to hear from somebody who got in trouble because of it. Stevia is a member of the Sunflower family. It's native to subtropical and tropical South America and Central America. The species Stevia rebaudiana bertoni is commonly known as sweet leaf or sugar leaf or just stevia. It's widely grown for its sweet leaves, and as a sugar substitute, stevia's taste has a slower onset and longer duration than that of sugar. And I've talked to somebody just recently about stevia, named Tanya Kirkland. She's the publisher and author of two stevia cookbooks, for which she got, well, not really busted, but in trouble at some point. We're going to hear about that in a second. She runs a small business that she runs out of her barn in a town in Texas, I believe, called Midlothian. Her business is called steviasmart.com. And in spite of having been nearly busted at one point, she seems pretty darn happy right about now. And we're about to find out why. I was just reading that there has been a change in how the FDA classifies stevia. Can you tell, talk about that a bit? This is so incredibly exciting. Now, actually, the FDA has not made a decision on this. Oh, okay. Uh, what's happened is that there's been a few tests that needed to be done with stevia to get it to become a grass product, generally regarded as safe. Now, G-R-A-S, However, is that G-R-A-S? Yes. Generally regarded as, I got it, it's an acronym, okay. Mm-hmm. Now, um, the key issue with this is money. Anytime you're going to have to be doing these scientific tests, it's going to cost a lot of money, and there's been no interest in anybody backing this since you can't patent Stevia. So, what's happened is very, very secretly, Fargill, which is a 
huge supplying company for manufacturers. And, of course, the giant Coca-Cola have worked together to finish up these last few tests, and they just presented this to the FDA. Now, they are going to be putting Stevia or Stevia on the market as self-affirming, which means, okay, they've done all of these tests. It's been shown as safe on these tests. People have been using it for hundreds of years. We're going to go ahead and put it on the market and let it affirm itself that it is safe. Okay, which means that uh, it'll be out there and people will try it and it, it'll be clear that it's safe, in other words? Yes, and it will be labeled as a sweetener, whereas before this, it's always had to be labeled as a dietary supplement. In fact, it's gone to such extremes that health food stores cannot even have stevia next to a stevia cookbook for fear of the FDA coming in and shutting them down. Yeah, that's something I'd like to talk about is how hard it's been to to market stevia and to, I guess, to talk about stevia in a way in the last it's few a, years. Oh, it has been an absolute nightmare dealing with the FDA and the labels and the regulations, especially since it is approved in so many different places in the world, and Japan uses it as their number one non-caloric sweetener there. We have to be very, very careful not to put sweet or sweetener anywhere on the labeling. In fact, Oscar Rhodes, who's the owner of Stevita, Stevia Company, which I used to work for, originally brought in um, his Stevia side, which is the white Stevia, under the trade name Stevia Sweet. Now, this was a trade name, and the FDA said absolutely not. He had to destroy all of the packaging and oh. package. It was just a nightmare. Because it had the yeah. word sweet in it? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Just because, and that was a trade name. It wasn't it, being sold as a sweetener. It was clearly labeled as a dietary supplement. But the FDA still went in and uh, told him that he could not do that. So it's kind of strange because, well, it's it's sweet. It is sweet. Uh, but the FDA says you can't call it sweet, but you can call it a dietary supplement. Uh, what was absolutely? What was their logic or reasoning behind that? Do you know? Well, actually, that goes back to the DSHEA Act of 1994. Um, it was actually refined in 1994. They initially regulated dietary supplements in 1991, and in 1991, they there was a need to have something to allow supplements into the market. Because before that, you stevia was actually illegal to come into the United States, although some companies were using it. Other companies were fined severely for having it in their mm. products. And the Dietary Supplement Act basically says that if you label it as a supplement and the intent in selling the product is really the key element to that. Okay. And and going back, it's just it's just amazing to go back in time from when it might be considered safe for use now, which I think many people consider it already is, to being not called a sweetener, even though it is, and then illegal to ship into the U.S. Yes, absolutely. Uh, again, I go back to the company I worked for, Stavita Stevia, and in nineteen well, this was before I believe they were actually uh, incorporated. The owner of the company, Oscar Rhodes, who is Brazilian and does a lot of trade with Brazil. He's actually an American citizen now, but he's from Brazil. He brought in a huge shipment of stevia tea 
just stevia tea. Tea, made of stevia. Just the cut green tea. Now, prior to this, the traditional medicinal has had been using stevia in their teas already. But again, Oscar Rhodes brings it in, and the FDA confiscates it, and they burn it off. Absolutely. Unbelievable. So what, what were people afraid of, actually? Um, honest to goodness, it wasn't what people were afraid of. It's what corporations were afraid of. Really? Um, corporations uh, very clearly did not want the competition. Oh. Um, it goes back to Monsanto, who is the um, parent company of the aspartame new sweep. And, they, you know, honestly, they just didn't want it to threaten their product, in my opinion. Hmm. And, and do I understand correctly that for the product to be banned just takes one request to the FDA or something to that effect? Yeah, absolutely. It does, and it can be an anonymous request. So who made this request, do you suppose, to the um, FDA? I, you know what, I'm only guessing um, that I, I would have to say it would be Monsanto. If Good. anybody did it, it would be that huge conglomerate that has the cornerstone on the, well, used to have the cornerstone on the artificial sweetening market. Because also there was an anonymous report against saccharin. Now, your listeners may be too young to know what saccharin is. So, some of our listeners will, but yeah, it's a, it's not a happy memory, but nonetheless, <laughs> how, how funny it tasted. But go ahead, definitely. Um, well, the thing with saccharin is somebody, uh, from my understanding, an anonymous petition was made against it, which then saccharin had to come out with that little label thing that it is carcinogenic. Hmm. Um, and at the same time that little label had to be put on, um, some of you might remember, um, NutraSweet came out on the market. Mm-hmm. Coincidence? <laughs> I think not. Yeah. But fortunately, I'm very, very glad that um, Coca-Cola and Cargill have finalized these tests so that we're able to have it as a sweetener. Um, not officially, again, but the official stamp of approval will be shortcoming. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. How you doing? This is a conversation I recently had with Tanya Kirkland, who publishes... Two cookbooks using stevia, which is a natural sweetener, and the crazy stuff that she's gone through and what stevia has gone through through the years. And you're going to hear how she got in trouble with the FDA. But first of all, this is Pandora's Lunchbox. Did I point that out? Yes. First of all, here is Rockpile with one of the first and only unintentional songs about stevia. This is If Sugar Is As Sweet As You.
That's Rockpile, and if sugar was as sweet as you, it would be at least 300 times sweeter than stevia. No, stevia would be 300 times sweeter than sugar. Well, I'm not, not sure how it goes, but that's Rockpile featuring Nick Lowe and Dave Edmonds doing a song by Joe Tex. And right now the saga continues. I'm talking here with Tanya Kirkland, who published two books about the natural sweetener stevia. Again, like I said, the story continues. Again, also, you got in trouble with the FDA, didn't you? Oh, big trouble. Um, Technically, it was my husband. Um, Since I was working for the Vita company, you know, it would be a conflict of interest for me to write a cookbook. Um, However, there was such a great need for a cookbook. We got phone calls all the time saying, hey, how do I use this stuff? And nobody could tell them because we would be arrested and thrown in jail. So my husband you know, got this great idea that he'd write a little cookbook. So he did. He wrote a little cookbook and self-published it, uh, Sugar-Free Cooking with Stevia. And um, shortly after it was published, the FDA sent a letter to Oscar Rhodes demanding that he destroy all copies of the cookbook that were in his warehouse. Wow. Um, and he, of course, he refused. You know, his First Amendment right. You just can't walk in and tell somebody to destroy something. I mean, after all, we have the anarchist cookbook. Can't we have a Stevia cookbook? Seems like it. <laughs> Um, regardless, uh, they walked into the warehouse, uh, got and started ripping books oh. and destroying books. Unbelievable. Fortunately, wow. the people there, I was actually not there at the time, but the people there had a video camera and that made them very uncomfortable and they stopped. Oh. And then more fortunately, we have a wonderful media with great reporters that picked up on the story. And if it wasn't for the media, uh, you know, it would just still be banned to this day. Wow. (laughs) Um, But they did eventually um, drop it after they did destroy the warehouse worth of books that were there at the Stavita company. They destroyed a bunch of books and then said, well, okay, we'll leave you alone. Yeah, because we don't (laughs) like all of these people talking about First Amendment rights. Well, that's something. But now again, the good news is Stevia may very soon be available. I mean, it is available. It's just uh, it's called an herbal supplement. You're not allowed to call it sweetener, but you'll be able to pretty much go out into the open and call it whatever you want. As Absolutely. Long as it... in, in fact, the company uh, Wisdom Herbs, and they are a, a huge, probably the largest stevia company in the United States, they've already changed the packaging. Uh, they had it all planned out. Yeah, I mean, oh, they okay. had all they were ready. packaging. They were ready. And I just got a um, two-day... FedEx package showing me their new packaging that says sweetener. Right All right. The front. It is awesome. Great. So, <laughs> in a lot of years coming. Oh, yeah. Way too many years and <laughs> way too much heartache. Well, on the good side of it, what's your favorite stevia recipe? My favorite stevia recipe has got to just be lemonade. Lemonade, it's okay. The greatest thing you get a glass of water, put a little lemon juice in it, and some stevia to taste it. It's awesome. Something my kids' favorite. There's a chocolate. Stevia blend. It's just cocoa powder and stevia, and Ooh. they get their crispy rice cereal, sprinkle that on top, and they have cocoa crispies uh, without any sugar. Okay. Awesome. No sugar, uh, no calories? No calories. No. no calories, no carbohydrates, or does it have carbohydrates? No carbohydrates. Okay. There are sometimes they put fillers in uh, to make it flow easier that might have some carbohydrates, but even that, then it's negligible with fillers. Okay. And... I heard a quote that it's three th- 300 times sweeter than sugar, which is, I don't know how you measure that much sweetness or or how that works, but it's an interesting thought. Yeah. 
Would you like the short answer or the technical answer? A little of both. Can you do that? (laughs) Okay, I can do that. Um, And uh, Okay, let me get my train of thought. Okay. All right. Um, The sweet component of the Stevia Lee, the two main families are robotiocides and steviocides, and those are the sweet glycosides that give it the sugar-like property. And if you can get the robotiocytes are the most preferable because they have absolutely no aftertaste. So if you could extract out only the pure robotiocytes, then yes, you would end up with a product that could be 300 times sweeter than sugar. My personal opinion is probably more like uh, 150 to 200 times sweeter than sugar. Still pretty darn sweet. Yeah, very darn sweet. <laughs> That's why they usually put a filler with it to cut it down so that it's the same as the dyes in the blue and pink packages. Okay. And you've got other recipes for stevia on your website, is that correct? Absolutely. You just go to cookingwithstevia.com and all kinds of free stuff. Okay. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, The only other thing I'd like to add that you may not have covered is when we're talking about the deal with Cargill and Coca-Cola doing those finalized testing, the interesting thing about it is that they were dealing with very pure uh, glycosides at 95% or better purity. Hmm. So when we do finally see the FDA stamp of approval, there will be a bar that must be reached, which is great because a lot of stevia on the market right now tastes just horrible. Really? There, there is quality. It's possible to get horrible tasting stevia. Oh, unbelievably horrible. <laughs> <laughs> just bit, uh, is it bitter? Absolutely bitter and licorice tasting, and it's like worse than saccharin, and you can't get the taste out of your mouth. Yeah. So um, that's why it's important to get a good quality stevia products, and that's also why Cargill and Coca-Cola, from my understanding, the FDA is going to only approve a food-grade stevia site. Okay. Um, I assume you can still get the horrible tasting stevia side as a supplement if you might want. But. <laughs> I don't know if you're allowed to say horrible tasting. Is that against the FDA rules? But uh, I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, gee, I don't know. They're, they might come knock on my door. <laughs> can you say it tastes good? I don't know. We'll see. Oh, yeah, you're right. We really can't do that as long as it's a supplement. Right. Supplements <laughs> didn't taste anything. It's kind of a farcical situation, but as long as the, the food gets out there, that's, that's the thing. Yeah, it is, Definitely. Well, Tanya, thanks so much for joining us on Pandora's Lunchbox and talking about Stevia. Oh, I'm very grateful to be here. Good afternoon, good evening, and all that. It's Pandora's Lunchbox, and we've been talking to Tanya Kirkland, who has a cookbook uh, using stevia, the natural sweetener, and it's a kind of a farcical situation to not be able to eat something like that that is often been studied to be safe. Soon to be available, though, stevia, S-T-E-V-I-A, and there you go. Got to try to live as brothers and sisters and not fight over natural sweeteners. In the meantime, I've been leading up to this, the most important story of the week, possibly the year or the decade. 
The designer of the Pringles Potato Crisps container was so proud of his accomplishment that he asked his family to bury him in one of the cans. Frederick Bauer of Cincinnati died May 4th at the Vitas Hospice in Cincinnati. He was 89 years old. Bauer's children honored his request by burying part of his remains in a Pringles can. Yes, we can, can. And we can can the Pringles, man, if that's what we want to do and need to do. Frederick Bauer, the designer of the Pringles potato chips container, buried in a Pringles can, or at least some of his ashes. Most of his remains were placed in an urn buried along with the can. Just to distinguish things. Now, this is important. The connections here are very important now. The retired organic chemist and food storage technician specialized in research and development and quality control for Cincinnati-based Procter & Gamble. Procter & Gamble is important here because this news also in this week. Smucker is taking over Folgers, taking it from Procter & Gamble. Smucker, one more time, Smucker is buying Folgers from Procter & Gamble. Procter & Gamble is buying Folgers from Smuckers. Smuckers and Folgers are going to tackle Procter & Gamble on the football field and feed them Pringles. Hope that's all perfectly clear. Aside from that, however, there is other news to talk about. Speaking of forbidden substances, how about Funny Fudge? This in the Associated Press. By the way, we'll talk about Michigan in just a second, I promise. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Indiana University police say brownies that a girl gave to dorm workers did not contain marijuana after all. The fudge was given to workers, and police were called after one of the employees took a bite and noticed a green, leafy substance inside. Turns out the leafy substance mixed into the brownies was lavender, not marijuana. The girl girl made the fudge for a school project in which she had to make a Swedish food. So, forbidden substances. But not forbidden in Ann Arbor, in Detroit. There's Everything is going on this weekend. Everything is going on this weekend. First of all, I've been talking about Food Gatherers, Grillin' for Food Gatherers event, and I want to mention that once again. This Sunday, it's coming up at the Washtenaw Farm Council Grounds. You can do something to help food gatherers rescue food. They rescue millions of pounds of food. In fact, 3.6 million pounds of pounds of food. They've distributed more than 3.6 million pounds of food in the last fiscal year, rescuing it from places that might otherwise discard it using very careful means, of course, with the health codes and everything, making sure that good food is available to everyone. Food Gatherers has their event coming up at Sunday, this Sunday at the Washtenaw Farm Council Grounds. You can find out more about it at foodgatherers.org. And also this weekend, in the category of everything happening this weekend, is Yasu, the Greek festival, happening at St. Nicholas Greek Orthodox Church on Sio Church Road. And there's going to be Greek food, homemade pastries, Grecian artifacts, a taverna bar, and Kafenio and Lukumathis. I apologize to those who can speak Greek for my massacring of those words. That means coffee house, and also the Lukumathis are deep-fried puffs drizzled with honey. <sighs> also featuring dancers and a live band called Enigma. This is all Yasu, the Greek festival, this Friday and Saturday, 10 a.m. to midnight. 
And not only that, it's the Detroit Festival of the Arts this weekend in Detroit. You should go to all of these things simultaneously. The Detroit Festival of the Arts from Friday the 6th to Sunday the 8th. Unfortunately, Miriam Makeba of Africa, South Africa, who was one of the headliners, could not make it because she hurt herself in a fall. And that is quite unfortunate, but a lot of great music coming up at the DIA the Detroit Festival of the Arts right by the DIA, including Marta Gomez, originally from Colombia, the Slavic Soul Party, Teddy Thompson, who is the son of Richard Thompson, and American Mars from the Detroit area, and so many more. Guy Davis, the blues artist, Babylonian Circus, and again, Slavic Soul Party appearing in several days of the DIA Festival, the Detroit Festival of the Arts, right by the DIA. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike. Coming up next, Arwolf will help you to face the music. In the meantime, look out for sweet things that are dirty and evil and the FDA doesn't want you to have because they might get you in the night. Kind of like this stuff. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. I can't even send you up for a commercial. You play the tomato for 30 seconds. They want a half a day over schedule because you wouldn't sit down. Yes, it wasn't logical. You were a tomato! A tomato doesn't have logic. A tomato can't move. That's what I said. So if he can't move, how's he going to sit down, George? I was a stand-up tomato, a juicy, sexy beefsteak tomato. Sweet, you're my-
Well, thanks, Mike, for uh, leaving us with some T-Rex. That was our national anthem, wasn't it? Get it on. Yes, it's uh, a minute past seven. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 megahertz. My name is R. Wolf, and it's time for Face the Music. Uh, Mike, if, if I'd have known you were going to end your show with that, I would have brought my recording of Coot Grant singing uh, Get Off With Me, but maybe I'll just have to bring that next week. Um, anyway, what we're doing and what, what happens every Thursday night at 7, and I, I understand it happened last week when Jim Dwyer covered this show for me, is we have... We're, we're attempting to figure out the uh, the human race and, in particular, what's been